You're listening to the New Century Multiverse, Stone Spring Maidens. Chapter 22, Repairs, Gabriella, Day 17 of Epona, Springfall, 1884. Penny returned home in the early hours. She disrobed and climbed into bed beside Calendula. From the way her wife was breathing, Penny could tell she was awake and guessed that her eyes were wide open. Cal lay on her side and said nothing, and Penny dwelled with her, soaked in silence, until the dawn. I can smell her on you. These were the first words that Cal uttered. Darling, I want to make things work between us, and to be able to move forwards, I needed to be sure. Trust. You wanted me to trust you. And then you sleep with her behind my back, when I expressly asked that I be there when you're with another woman. And you had the temerity to demand that I trust you. This was the one single time I had to... You frocked Ganymede, too. Penny's blood froze. At his place, four and a half suns ago, just before you and I were married. I... And you looked me in the eye when I asked if we could be a trio and told me you aren't attracted to men. How can I ever trust a single thing you tell me from now on, when I know you can keep something like that secret from me for so long? Okay, hear me out on this. Penny stammered to the back of Cal's head. Like you said, we were just about to get married. I was incredibly scared and tense. It was an enormous commitment I was about to make, and Ganny was comforting me. And I suppose, on a certain level, I wanted to test myself to see if I could find some desire for men. So you frock a man you see as your brother? But every time we've had one in our bed, you start crying while he's inside you. I was trying to find out if a gentleman I cared for deeply, on an emotional level, could perhaps awaken an interest in me on a physical one. And it didn't work. That was how I knew who I truly was before I married you. Well, if only I'd known who you truly were, I might not have. This one hurt. Badly. Is this why you've gone behind my back so often since then? Penny's blood was pumping now. Cal said nothing. I've noticed plenty of clues over the suns. You haven't been careful. And I'm not beating you over the head with these infidelities, my love. I really do want to know. Were you justifying weighing each of these against my one occasion with Ganny? And this little bitch tonight? Yes, and Harry. You love them. Don't you? Yes. Penny whispered after a long pause, her righteous indignation draining away. I have never loved anyone but you. And the fact that unlike my occasional attempts to blow off some steam, you genuinely, truly love the two people you frocked while we were together, Love is rare. Love is precious. 
You consume it. There was a strange tone in her voice now. All I ever wanted was for you to be happy with me. I am, I am. Penny soothed, afraid to touch her wife. When you didn't come back to me this evening, I started to get so scared. I don't know what I would do without you, Penny. What sort of a person I would be. Hey, I came back tonight because I really want to make a go of it. I want to spend the rest of my life being happy with you. She had to do this. She had to make this work. Cal turned around and gazed up at her. Penny looked down at the expression on this pitiful face. Harry had looked solemn and certain. Calendula looked like a frightened child, desperate to be nurtured. She needed Penny so much more. I want to make a go of it too. And for that to be the case, for me to trust you, that girl has got to be gone. Penny's heart sank like a stone. I know you love Ganny. At least there's no danger of you choosing him over me. But Harlington is going to destroy what we have if she stays. And I think you know that too, don't you? Penny was rigid with fear of loss. She forced herself to nod her head. I'll deal with it. She's planning on returning soon anyway. I'll deal with it. I have to make sure. And if you go back there, I can't trust you to say and do the right thing without tumbling into bed with her again. No. Let me do this one. Penny nodded again, numbness creeping over her until Cal touched her cheek. I should probably reclaim you now, she whispered leaning in for a kiss and tasting that deceptive maiden. a lonely half-night of passing in and out of consciousness. Her stomach was itching like crazy now, and the soreness had abated. She lay thinking about Penny and what they'd done, halfway between laughing and crying. There was a knock at the front door, and her heart leapt. Was this good news or bad? Had her father been found? Was he still alive? Was truth all right? The events of the past day slammed back into place and Harry almost fell into a trance in an attempt to separate and contextualise this flood of possibility. The knock came again and she sprang up, reaching for her sickles. She found her feet and went to answer the door. Calendula was walking through it, holding a copy of the key she'd given Harry months ago. There was an icy look in her eye. 
and she shut the front door behind her as Harry stood in a pair of shorts and a loose shirt, feeling like a kid with bulging pockets full of stolen cookies. Cal? She said dumbly. Calendula stepped forward, her nose twitching. This apartment smells like engine oil. And Quim. Harry said nothing. Thank you for taking such good care of it. And I'm sorry to have to tell you, but the place is needed for its next occupant, and your project has now fulfilled its use. I was preparing to leave soon anyway. I'm sorry things went like this. You knew exactly what you were doing, so don't give me sorry. How could you let me down the way you have? Look at everything you've been given, you conniving slattern. Does Penny? Don't you dare speak her name. Cal spat. She wants nothing more to do with you. Now get out of our world. This caught Harry off guard, and now she really did start to go into her trance. Cal watched her eyes lose focus and fantasized about slapping her out of this stupor. She wanted to grab that neck and slam this now toned and muscular body against the wall. She wanted Harry to drag her into the bedroom and frock her in the ways she had imagined Penny had experienced last night. She wanted to mash up against her, fingers digging into one another's flesh as they both screamed in pleasure. This sudden wave of lascivious fury caught Cal quite by surprise and she shook herself. Wake up, you indolent wretch. Her voice trembled a little. Could that happen? Would that make things better between the three of them? The idea was arousing her, but she stamped it down and clicked her fingers sharply in front of the drifting girl's face. Arlington came back around, and Cal drew close enough to bite her. You have until tonight to clear all your things. This place had better have no traces of you left. Now get to work. Harry bowed her head, and a cruel smile played over those fuchsia lips. Cal turned and marched back to the door before pausing, her hand on the lock. You know? She remarked, not looking back. Even though I won this time, it feels like all three of us lost. I thought your people weren't into competition. Cal opened her mouth to give a cutting kiss-off line, but none could be found. She made her exit, and Harry stood for a while, listening to the ticking clock, before lowering herself to the floor, holding her stomach as the true agony of this finality set in.
You have been listening to episode 22 of Stone Spring Maidens. Repairs. Written, edited, and directed by Alexander Shaw. Calendula Renwick, performed by Sharon Shaw. Penthesily Renwick, performed by Theo Lee. Harry Arlington, performed by Loretta Saylor. Narration by Alex Shaw. Make Your Decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Many soundscapes, including Salt Marsh, Sojourn, and Submerged by Tabletop Audio. Stone Spring Maidens is available in a gorgeous paperback from Amazon.com, along with the previous nine stories from the New Century Multiverse, and the three newest, Panther Soul, Nightfall of the Wendigo, and Back in Time Plus Space. You should be listening to Through the Wind Door. If you can't support us on Patreon, but would like to contribute to this show, then a review on iTunes, or of one of the books on Amazon, would absolutely help us move forward. It takes five minutes, and it means the world. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon. Our top-tier sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you too. Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Alex Outridge, Angus Lee... Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolfe, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Duran Barnett, Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, Johan Clayson, Joe G. Josh Waster, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Mark Luksh, Marty Huey, Matthew A. Siebert, Matthew Webb, Michael Hasco, Robbie Crow, Sarah Montgomery, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Jungius, Tom Painter, and Valencia Burns. <laughs> <laughs>